All right, welcome to the first episode of the Easier Said Than Don podcast. My name is Brendan Donahue. I am joined by Dave Toscano and Bob Horgan. Fellows, how are we doing? What's going on, Brendan? Doing well. Doing great. Just, you know, weekend's coming. Weekend is actually. It's facts. This, uh, syllabus week is over for me and Bob. Dave, is this your first uh, syllabus week? Is this syllabus week? It over? Is. Well, it ended today, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. I feel like syllabus week's kind of overblown because I feel like I got absolutely jammed with assignments this week. But yeah, no, everybody's just all everything. Every single professor is just jamming shit down your throat, like trying trying to scare you for the rest of the semester. Syllabus week is basically the first ten minutes of class. Yeah, the first class they let you go early, and then other than that, (laughs) next class is like, all right, we're hopping right into it. Yeah. All right. Um. Before we start, like you know, just kind of a background overview of what we're doing here. Um, you know, I've had the blog, um, and now a word from Don for like a year and a half now. Um, and I kind of just wanted to add on to it. Um, so Bob and Dave are two guys that I know, um, could a are very gifted at, uh, at, at talking, especially about sports and, uh, B could, uh, you know, kind of, kind of throw some rebuttals at me with, uh, you know, my selfish thinking and that I'm always right in some of these uh, sports opinions. So they'll be two good guys to have on board. Um, you know, we're just going to kind of shoot the shit about what's going on in the sports world. Um, me and Dave are big soccer guys. Bob's Bob's there. He's trailing us a little bit, but we'll, we'll, uh, yeah, I got, I got one rule in the soccer though. Goal or two rules, goals and cards. As long as there's goals and as long as there's some cards, I'm in free entertainment. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing that we want to add is some gambling gambling's, you know, huge in the college world but it's also you know growing big time and it's just a matter of time before it's legal and mass uh, it's legal here in new hampshire right now or sports gambling we should say um but we're getting there all right let's hop right into it uh so first topic super bowl we got brady versus mahomes uh in tampa on sunday brady is in his 10th super bowl looking for a seventh ring mahomes looking to go back to back bob what do you like so far this is going to be uh, probably one of the better games I think we'll see, you know, maybe in our lifetime. Um, I think it's kind of got all the hype. Basically, it's your Jordan Kobe game or Jordan LeBron if it ever happened. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I just think at the end of the day, you you rely on the Super Bowl, what you're best at, and I just think both teams can score 100 if they need to. Um, I think it's a shootout, and, you know, I want Brady to win. Um Obviously, Tom, moon guy, um, want him to win, want to see him succeed. But I just think that at the end of the day, Kansas City is – they're on a different level than everybody else when it comes down to it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll play the devil's advocate a little bit. I'd say a lot of people are going to think this game is going to be a shootout. But sometimes when there's two high-powered offenses, they tend to underwhelm. So especially with the over-under line at 56, that's – the third highest ever for a Super Bowl. If you're going to gamble, I would go under. That's my opinion. But uh, I would still go Chiefs money line to win. Can't be the Yeah, Chiefs. so like like you said, the, uh, the overs at 56.5, Chiefs are 3.5-point favorites. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of been – it's become the, the smart football guy uh, discussion point so far, but I think really what it's going to come down to is Tampa Bay's D line against a banged up Kansas City O line. Uh, Kansas City's l- missing their left tackle. He was ruled. Uh, Eric Fisher was ruled out today. 
Um, Mitchell Schwartz is still questionable at right tackle. Um, so, you know, to have two backup tackles or two backup guards and having your guards move to tackle um, in the biggest game of the year is going to be a huge disadvantage going against a supreme pass rush that that Tampa Bay has. Um, Quarterback-wise, you know, this is, you know, this goes without saying, this is arguably the best quarterback matchup that there's ever been in a Super Bowl. Uh, I wrote about this uh, last week. This is a huge Super Bowl for both of them. You know, if Brady gets one away from New England, he has completely blown away the whole system quarterback can only win in New England kind of thing. If Mahomes wins, then he has an advantage on Brady going forward for that possible GOAT title going forward. So, you know, really these, this game is, is – there's a huge outside meaning of just winning the Super Bowl. There's that extra value in a win for both of these guys. Yeah, I uh, definitely agree. I think the one thing I'll kind of go with, though, on the whole Brady front, which it sucks because if he does lose, you know, it's it's going to make him kind of look worse, I think, when it's all said and done. I think Mahomes has the capability to win, you know, 10, 11 Super Bowls, something we've never seen because he's just so good and their team is so good. Um, but the one thing that will suck for, you know, kind of as a Pats fan, as a Brady fan, is that he is doing this at 43. And even though we have seen that he's still – I mean, he's still one of the top, whatever you want to say, top six, top eight quarterbacks. The dude is 43, and he is going against Patrick Mahomes, who hasn't even hit his prime yet, and he's already the guy. So it should be interesting. should be definitely an interesting game. Uh, One thing, too, you had with, you know, the tackles out, I think kind of a rebuttal with that. You see Kansas City kind of get the ball out quick. Um, I think you've seen time and time again that that fourth down play where you know Tyree Kill is getting the ball on the out. and just it's a conversion every time. Not saying that will happen all the time, but I think they'll kind of get Mahomes out of the pocket. You know, they got Kelsey, they got Tyree Kill who can get open quickly. Um, short passes, short routes, run the ball, kind of. I think a guy to keep an eye on uh, for the Kansas City offense is McCole Hardman. Um, you know, Tampa Bay's had two weeks to try and take away both, you know, to figure out a plan of how they can maybe not take away but limit Kelsey and Hill. Um, and Demarcus Robinson right now is questionable. He's on the COVID list. Uh, Hardman is arguably your best offensive weapon outside of those guys. You don't know how much you're going to get out of Edwards Alaire. He's, you know, you don't know how, how healthy he is after he suffered that injury at the end of the year. Le'Veon's been kind of non-existent. Daryl Williams has kind of, you know, stepped to the forefront and, you know, been a pretty good running back. He played really well against Cleveland, kind of took a backseat role once Edwards Alaire came back uh, in the conference championship. Uh, the only thing – I don't know if this is you guys um, – when I watch McCall Hardman play, I don't know whether it's just he, he returns punts or he's just really, you know, lanky. I get nervous every single time he touches the ball that he's going to yep. fumble. Yep. Like, I may he might only have, like, two fumbles this year, but I feel like every other game that I watch, he's got a, he's got a close one or he fumbles it out of bounds or he loses a fumble or he muffs a punt, something like that. But if they can get him in open space and they can use the speed of the five Olympic sprinters that the Chiefs call wide receivers, you know, they got a good chance here. Um, as for Tampa Bay, you know, Tom just got to do what Tom does in Super Bowls. He's, he, he's been here, like I said, this is his 10th Super Bowl. Ridiculous. But, you know, this is the first time that a lot of these guys have been in the Super Bowl. You know, first Super Bowl for Mike Evans, first Super Bowl for Chris Godwin, first Super Bowl for Leonard Fournette. Scotty Miller, the, the, the list goes on. 
you know, one guy that I think might go under the radar and everyone's been waiting, waiting for his breakout game is Gronk. And Gronk's been known to be a big game player. And, you know, is this a game where, you know, he goes from his two catches and 30 yards to maybe get putting up a, a five and 90 with two touchdowns line? Remains to be seen. I'm not sure that that's going to happen. He doesn't look like the same tight end that he was in New England. Um, but you have, to, you have to wonder whether if that big game is coming. He's Tom's guy. And you trust your guys in the big games. So I, I really do think Gronk is going to get at least those two catches, or at least that's what I have in my parlay. But um, I definitely would not be surprised if he ends up having a little bit more of an impact um, than we have seen in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's getting the ball into Gronk and A.B.'s hands a lot in, the, in that first drive to kind of get the, get the mood settled. Because, you know, he obviously, like you said, Gronk is his guy, but it's also not – too tough to see that he loves AB. Yep. You know, he's vouched for him time and time again. Um, and he's obviously comfortable throwing the ball to him. So this might be, you know, that first drive might be a heavy dosage of, of Antonio Brown and, and Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, going uh, kind of off of that, I, I was going to bring up the Gronk point and the AB point. Um, I think you kind of see Tom goes to Gronk a lot in the red zone. Um, I think it was the Detroit game I remember watching. It was like a Saturday. I think Gronk got like two pass interference calls in the end zone, like they throw to him down there. They Brady's trust him. Brady also does trust AB, I think, a ton. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Brady trusts Godwin and Evans, but you have seen a lot of easy drops from those two. Um, you know, they are the guys on that team, but at the end of the day, like Mike Evans, you can't drop a big ball. Chris Godwin, you've had probably 10 drops this postseason. Like, the big game now. It's time to put the big boy pants on and kind of go to work. You know, and if, if this was any other quarterback – I would think, you know, maybe the, the three interceptions in the second half might be lingering in the back of Brady's head. Uh, and, you know, it might affect his decision-making kind of like subconsciously. Um, thinking about, you know, the shots that he's taken down the field. And, you know, one of them was – it was a high throw, but, you know, Mike Evans tips that right into – I'm not sure who it was on Green Bay, but right into his hands on that third pick. Um, I don't think that's going to have much of an impact on this game. You know, Brady's Brady. He, he doesn't really care about, you know – if he throws three picks, if he throws five picks, if he throws no picks. Um, but I think, you know, this is, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be power versus power. This is going to be A1 versus A1. Like this is the matchup that we've probably seen in the last 15 to 20 years, as long as I can remember at least. This is the, the two biggest named quarterbacks going up against each other that I can remember. I mean, kind of my thoughts on the last – Good NFL game. I mean, obviously, there's a ton of good NFL games, but I mean, as a Pats fan, the last great game I kind of saw was that Pats KC game in the AFC Championship, where Mahomes was in his first year, young, but still, they, we were killing them. And then they came back, the big offsides on D Ford, and then we go down and OT and score. Um, Sony Michelle's only one productive year, by the way, but that's a that's a different topic. He won me so much money on that game. I I think I had him. I had I had the Pat spread, I had his rushing yards, and I had the over. And going into halftime, I'm pretty sure it was like what 14 to three, 14 to six, or something like that. And then it went into overtime, and Sony's yards cashed on the on the uh, overtime drive or on the last drive of the fourth quarter. The over hit in the last drive of the fourth quarter, and then the Pat spread hit on the. Um, actually, I think they were underdogs. I might have had Pat's money line. Um, but I mean, that's a, that's a story for another day. Uh, yeah. Staying on the NFL topic, 
uh, big trade, probably the biggest trade in the NFL in the last couple of years, to be honest with you. Um, last Saturday, uh, Detroit Lions send Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams for Jared Goff, two firsts and a third. Um, Rams coming off of a year that looked like if Goff doesn't get hurt, they could make some noise in the NFC. Uh, I know Bob is a little partial on this one. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but, you know, does this help the Rams that vastly long-term? Uh, no. I think this kills them long-term. Um, I just think that I'll kind of go into my take right now. I think I've done, as you, as you kind of brought it up, I think Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Um, I've had this discussion a ton of times, and at like 23, 24, he led the Rams to the Super Bowl, which I think people kind of forget about that. And I know their Super Bowl performance was not good. He did not play good. Um, and I know they got in on kind of a, a bullshit pass interference, no call. But Jared Goff went through that NFC with Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Breeze at like 23 and got them there. And I just kind of think that shows what he has the capability to be. And that was a, a good season for him. Um, I don't think Matthew Stafford makes you a contender. I just I, – I, I don't see it. I, I mean, the dude can get the ball around. I know he can. He can zip it. And I know Detroit sucks. And, you know, the pieces are there in L.A. I just don't think Matthew Stafford puts you over the hump. You know, when we talk about the, the football guy's take – you know, I feel like the football guy's take for so long now has been Matthew Stafford would be a top five NFL quarterback if he was on a team that wasn't Detroit. And now he's got a chance to back that up. But at what price? Jared Goff is a quarterback that will keep you in games. If you give him a supporting cast and you give him a defense, you have probably a playoff team. At the least, you have probably a nine and seven team. Um, I see this as a really, really big win for Detroit long-term. You're picking up two picks. You know, you are picking up a large contract in, in Goff. I think he's got four more years with max money on it. Um, you don't know how this affects Galladay's thoughts of staying long-term. But, you know, as that being said, you know, my hot take is that I don't see it in Kenny Galladay, to be completely honest with you. He's a good wide receiver, but he hasn't been – A, hasn't been able to stay on the field – and B, hasn't produced in the way that he's being referred to. Um, but for the Rams, this brings your window from about a six, seven-year window to go win a title to about a two-year, three-year window to now win a title. Stafford's on the books for two more years at a pretty affordable number. I will say that I don't, I'm not 100% sure of what the Rams cap number is um, going forward and what space they have to go sign free agents this offseason. Um, Probably and not, getting Goff, what was that? Probably not, probably not a lot, seeing as they got Jalen Ramsey, Donald's on the books for a lot, Stafford's got some money to him. So. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it might be able to free up a little bit. I don't know if Goff being the guy that they signed didn't affect the, the capital, or the guy that they drafted didn't affect the capital. But, Dave, I mean, that, that draft pick call is ridiculous. Yeah, I was going to say, regardless of – whether you think Goff or Stafford will give the Rams a better chance to win now, I think it's pretty clear that the front office wants to win right now because look at these picks. In 2014, 2015, 2016, they got Donald Gurley and Goff. 
And since then, they've had no first-round picks, and they don't have another one until 2024. So they better win now or else all that's for nothing. Yeah, this year, this upcoming draft, they have a second, a sixth, and a seventh, which will probably turn into a third, a fourth, and a fifth or something like that. Um, I don't see them, you know, taking a second, sixth, and seventh and, you know, saying how much this this will help them going forward. Um, but, I mean, honestly, when's the last time that you can remember a player-for-player player swap like this in the NFL? You know, it happens a lot in the NBA. You see the the um, Russell Wilson I – mean, Russell Westbrook and John Wall trade. You see in baseball, you know, guys are getting flipped for, for prospects. It's not often that you see – an NFL quarterback, yet let alone a player, be flipped for another guy like for like. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the uh, soccer portion of the show. Um, transfer window ended on Monday this week. Uh, not a lot of permanent transfers, a lot of loan moves. Having, you know, that probably leads to uh, COVID restricting fans and the financials that are going on within um Europe a busy window for Americans a busy window uh for a couple specific Premier League teams uh Liverpool sh- um kind of cleans up the the backline catastrophe that that's been created by the injuries to Joel Matip um Virgil van Dijk you know the list goes on uh Arsenal a lot of lot of moving in and out of Arsenal Mesut Ozil finally gets a move out of Arsenal. They bring Martin Odegaard in. Uh, Dave, what's your favorite move of the transfer window? I really like what West Ham did. They brought in Jesse Lingard. He's an attacking player, and West Ham is overperforming for sure. Uh, Last couple years, they've been – a lot of people have had them getting relegated, actually, Um, and they're just doing really well this year. They're only – they're in fifth place. They're two points back of Liverpool um, from the top four. So I think, honestly, this was a power move. They're, they're there. And now that they're there, they have to take that opportunity and maybe go for top four. And I don't think Europa League is a disappointment at this point. You've gotten this far and you've um, exceeded your expectations. So I really like that move. And um, you're on the, talking about the Americans. Big window for the Americans. If you're a U.S. soccer fan, you've got to be excited right now because – You've got the guys who are already established, like Pulisic at Chelsea and McKenney at Juventus, Adams at Red Bull, Reina at Dortmund, the list goes on. I mean, there's so many quality players that we're, we're sending to Europe. Um, I got a couple here that happens recently. Chris Richards, who was with Bayern Munich, center back. A lot of people think he'll be the center back, one of the center backs for the future. Um, he is moving to Hoffenheim on a loan deal, I believe. Um, that'll be big for him because he needs minutes. Uh, he's gotten a couple minutes, a few, I think, believe one start. I'm not quite sure, but really not a lot of minutes, uh, only off the bench at, at this point. But that'll be huge for him. Um, hopefully he'll live up to his potential there. Uh, Brian Reynolds, FC Dallas to Roma. It, the transfer saga was incredible with this guy. He was going to Juventus, then Roma, and then Juventus. It was it was actually ridiculous. Club and Bruges one, was in there at one point. Yeah. And it came out of nowhere, too, because personally, I had never heard of Brian Reynolds 
until this year. And then all of a sudden he's gone for 10 million to some of the biggest clubs in the world. And that's great. And the only problem is we have a million right backs. Um, but that's... I'm not sure. Did you see the video of him getting off the plane in Rome? No. He went from a stadium in Dallas where they can't get like 15,000 people in there to getting off the plane in Rome and probably having 20 to 30 cameras and phones in his face taking pictures and stuff. It was – talk about going from night to day, complete, complete switch up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the other switch ups, the, the pair from the union in Philadelphia, Brennan Aronson, Mark McKenzie, both going abroad after really good season in MLS. They won the supporter shield, but, um, they weren't good enough to beat the best team in the league, New England revolution for all you out there, uh, who don't know, get on the train next year, MLS cup, lock it in, put your bet down. Um, but Brennan Aronson at Red Bull Salzburg and McKenzie at Genk in Belgium. Um, again, they're going to get minutes and they're going to progress in their careers. Um, great for the national team. Yeah, no, my, my favorite, my favorite moves uh, for a, from an American standpoint, first one is the first one that you said, Chris Richards to Hoffenheim. Like you said, he's gotten, he's gotten minutes here and there for the Bayern first team. Um, but he hasn't really played much of his natural position, which is center back. They played him a little bit of left back. They played him a little bit of right back. He had an assist to, to Robert Lewandowski. Um, but he's being thrown right into a situation. Hoffenheim's been pretty unsteady the last couple of months. There's an, there's a position for him to take there at starting center back. If he, um, he won't, he won't grab it uh, right away, but you know, that's a position that within a month or so I can see him grabbing. I've said it. I've been on record saying, I think Chris Richards is the best defensive prospect that the U S has ever had. Um, I was watched a lot of the U20 World Cup a couple of years ago. Uh, they beat France in the quarterfinals. They almost made it to all the way to the finals. Uh, Chris Richards was an absolute beast. He was locking down guys that are, are household names now. Um, and, you know, you can see why Bayern regards him so highly. He's big, he's strong, he's tough, he's fast, he's good on the ball, he can distribute well. Uh, another one that kind of came out of nowhere on deadline day that you didn't touch on. Um, was Daryl DK. He's going out on loan to Barnsley in the English Championship. Um, DK is a guy that was drafted out of the University of Virginia last year um, to Orlando, had a really successful rookie season. Uh, he's a dual national. He's able to represent the USA and Nigeria. But it seems right now that he's locked in with the U.S. He's been called up twice now. He got minutes in their most recent friendly against Trinidad and Tobago. Barnsley is in 12th right now in the championship. Probably won't be going up this season, uh, but ESPN has already reported that um, even prior to his um, loan move to Barnsley, they've got Premier League clubs already looking at him, uh, Premier League clubs that are interested in taking him in full time. I know the the permanent um, sell-on clause for Barnsley to take him in is $20 million, which I don't think that club has altogether if they sold everyone, everybody on the team. Um, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, and then the other one is uh, Paul Ariola and Jordan Morris going to Swansea. Um, those are two, you know, big name MLS guys, kind of role players on the United States team. Uh, Morris has long time been knocked as not being able to take his chances uh, and going to play in Europe. He had a chance to go play for Werder Bremen in Germany, I think three or four years ago. Um, and a lot of people have speculated that he didn't want to go there because he just got a dog. 
um, and didn't want to make a move hard on his dog, um, which has kind of been turned into a meme within the, the U.S. men's national team circles. Um, it's a man's want- best friend. What? It's a man's best friend. Yeah, well, so is that bag. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Mor- Morris is seemed to be really highly regarded by the Swansea fans that, um, you know, I've, I've seen on Twitter, you know, the, they've been really, really uh, positive on his signing, which is kind of night and day considering if, you know, if you saw an, a European team bring in an American probably three, four years ago, um, actually, you could probably say that last year. If you if an European team is bringing in an American, the first thought that goes into their head is they're there to sell shirts or they won't play at all. Um, this new wave of Americans has kind of changed that narrative a little bit, and it's really exciting to see. Yeah, young players. Oh, sorry, Bob, you got something? There you go. There you go. Young players from MLS to Europe. I don't want to hear any more of you retirement league people. Go home. Never say it again. It's not true anymore. <laughs> Being a non-soccer guy, what is our timeline looking like? Are we are we a 2022 contender, or are we just going to kind of be there and just kind of mess around? And then when the- I think I think we're at the point where we're 2022 dark horses, 2026 contenders, and, and we're 20- in United States and are in like America. Yeah. So the 2026 is U.S., Mexico, Canada, with most of the games being in U.S. I think 40, like 90 percented of the games are in the United States, including the last four rounds. Um, I think personally think 2022, they can make a run all the way to the semis. Um, They can be kind of be like a Croatia that was in that last world cup. Croatia was really young last tournament. I don't think a lot of people thought that they had the legs that they did with the right draw with the right opponents. I think these guys can take on anybody, but, I'm I'm also a little bit of a homer. I'm also a little bit naive. I think these guys could probably be world beaters tomorrow, and that's just not the case. Dave's probably a little bit more of a realist than I am. Yeah, I would say that's a bit optimistic right off the bat, but 2026, different story, I think. Semifinals at home is 100% doable with the talent we have right now, and I really do think we can make some noise at home. Um, and I'm telling you, we will win a World Cup by the time we are 50. Is that a guarantee? Is that a guarantee? I'm guaranteeing it. You can, you can clip this and show it to me, and I can't do the math that quick. 30 years. 30, yeah. 29. 29, yeah. Nine years. Kind of easy math. I just didn't do it. All right, so before we move on to the next part, um, Dave got into a little bit of an accident today, um, banged up his nose a little bit skiing. Um, we were talking about before we started recording that I was going to tell this story um, before the – I was going to tell a story during the podcast. Uh, Dave, why don't you tell us what happened today? Uh, so we were ripping the park, and I had this really sweet um, sweatshirt that I bought at Marshall's for $15 yesterday. It was like red, yellow, blue, um, green. Those don't sound like they would all go together. Like a rainbow? Yeah, but they did. They, yeah, well, I guess they did go together and they were cool. And it said like on the side, it said um, something about vibes or something. Vibes are going to save the world. I don't know. It's stupid, but it was $15 and someone complimented me on it. But uh, I was feeling way too confident at the end of the day. Um, and I went for a, listen to this, I went for a 360. Yeah, I know. It's big time. 
360 off the jump and I airmailed it. And um, I kind of went like Superman mode, um, but I landed on my face. And are you skiing or are you snowboarding? Snowboarding. Okay. Yeah, I landed straight on my face and just started bleeding everywhere. But okay, no, one, no one really seemed concerned. I went down to the bottom of the hill, like gushing blood down my face and like nobody even asked if I was okay. It was all right though. I just went. All right, so so the story of the first time I ever saw Dave fuck up his face horrifically, we were playing middle school baseball at uh, Westboro Middle School, um, and Dave's playing left field, and there is a foul ball, fly ball out to, like, right in between probably the third baseman and the left fielder, so Dave's got a better beat on it. He's going. He's, he's got the ground for it. He gets there. Goes to make the sliding catch, puts his glove up. And I don't know whether you looked away or if you were looking at somebody and the ball missed his glove and hit him square in the nose, starts gushing blood. So we're all like, oh, Dave, dude, that sucks. That sucks. That sucks. Goes to the hospital the next day. We had a soccer game the next day. When I tell you this kid's, this kid's nose was like the size of like a grapefruit like the the knob of his nose was like touching his cheeks i i told him he looked like a catfish yeah i would say it was the combination of the sun the clouds and the wind and you're bad that also uh, yeah you got it <laughs> all right now that story time's over heading towards the finish line here um we talked about the super bowl bob Give me some prop bets that you're looking at. All right. Well, you we were talking about taking one, but you know what? I got four that I like. Three of them are pretty, you know, even odds. Uh, plus 100, minus 100, or however you want to say it. Um, either way. One I love, I think this is a pretty common one, Travis Kelsey to score. Um, uh, I, he's not better than Gronk at their peaks, but Travis Kelsey's a pretty good goddamn tight end. I think he's probably the best pass catching tight end ever. Maybe I see. Maybe. Here's here's my hot take. I think Aaron Hernandez is better than Gronk long term if he doesn't kill people. Well, that's that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. Touchy subject. Uh, yeah, but Travis Kelsey's a freak. He's gonna have his ten. Take the over on his catches, probably yards too. He's gonna do whatever he wants to do on the field. He does it every game. Um, another one I have kind of going off of what we were talking about earlier, AB over three and a half catches. Um, I don't even know the, the, the stats behind it, the history, but I just know where he likes AB. AB gets open. At, at best, I don't know what Kansas City is going to treat AB as, but he's the third receiver and they get their third corner on him, or you've got, you know, they're in a zone. And I just think that AB gets open. He's one of those guys. Um, penalty yards. I got under 99 and a half. Um, that's the take I like. I look kind of at the last couple of games, even though Tampa Bay, they play pretty aggressive on the uh, outsides. The cornerbacks are kind of bigger physical guys. Um, they don't get too many pass interferences called on them, even though we could argue a couple in that Green Bay game. And I then, think that's one that you're going to be able to – you're going to find out in the first five yeah. minutes whether it's going to hit or not. Because yep. you can tell in that Green Bay game that they played we're against – that they were, Yeah, they weren't going to call anything. We're and anything. The first penalty came, like, halfway through the second quarter, I think. Um, yeah. So, like, again, 
it depends on who who's officiating, but you know, you're going to be able to tell, you know, whether, whether they're going to let the boys play or whether they're going to, whether they're going to be assholes. The one big thing with the penalty prop is it literally takes one. We said we'll figure it out, but there could be no penalties and then there could be an 80 yard pass interference and it gets blown out of the water. And then my final prop that I like for the Super Bowl, big money potential plus three thirty, a punt to be downed inside the five yard line. Any reasonings? You just got a, kind of a gut feeling. Sart took it. Um, I just kind of think that I don't know. See, that's I the thing, that, though. Like, is like when you have justification for it, half the time it doesn't hit. When it's a gut one, like yeah. I feel like it hits at a better rate than that. Sart, I liked it. I know uh, the Pats Super Bowl a couple of years ago. There was like three punts inside the five or something. I was reading. Um, I just think that you know these are two teams who the defenses are good enough to make a stand, you know, at the 45 yard line. And then it's, all right, well, we're not going to go for it on fourth and six. We're not going to kick a 62 yard field goal. Let's pin them in. And I think we get a chance on that one. So those are my prop takes. Dave. Yeah. All right. This will be fun. Um, so I already said, I know life is too short to take the under, but you have to take the under. That's me. That's my take. Anyways, moving on, put the mortgage on heads. On the coin flip, that is always a lock. No. Uh, maybe last year was tails. I don't remember, but I won, whatever it was. Um, um, I got a good parlay here. We mentioned it. Kelsey, anytime touchdown score. Fournette, anytime touchdown score. And we go back to Gronk. Gronk, two or more catches. That comes out to about, like, plus 350, something like that. I think that's pretty good. I'll be taking that. Um, Before we get into anything else, what do we think of the, the, the national anthem? Do we think it's going over? Do we think it's going under? The thing that I have yet to see that I think is going to make the biggest difference, is it, is it going to be pre-recorded or are they going to do it live? Well, who's singing? Uh, it's... Uh, I think, right? No, no. It's like Jasmine Sullivan or something and Eric Church. Eric um, People? Yeah, so it's two people, which is which is a kind of a they're, they're throwing us through a loop there to begin with. And they oh, said, yeah. "What's her name? Jasmine Sullivan." Jasmine Sullivan and Eric Church. I'm not worried about them in the bottom. So, well, she sang it a couple of years ago. All right. But Jasmine Sullivan has sang the national anthem at sporting events twice, and it's gone under. But the thing is that there's a duet, and the other thing is I don't know if it's going to be live. The AFC or was it AFC or NFC Championship? One of their um, one of their national anthems was pre-recorded. When you're pre-recorded and there's nobody there, like, to yeah. judge you, you're gonna draw that shit out. You're gonna you're gonna elongate it big time. Mm-hmm. So that remains to be seen. Once I get what's an answer either way, what's the what's the time? What's the one fifty six? A minute fifty six. Over. Yeah, I'm I like going, the over too. I'm going. They're sitting at minus one fifty right now. Over. I'm, I actually love the fact that we're going into such, such depth about this. Yeah. Um, more, we'll go more into depth because I don't personally have never heard of her, but when you're on such a big stage, I think maybe you do a little bit more show, like more for show, you know? Yeah, maybe. no, we got to think about her psyche though. Like, is she someone who grasps the moment or is she someone that's like going to be intimidated by the stage? Cause if she's intimidated, then we're, we're talking like, uh, well, is she just kind of try and get in, get out, or is she just kind of try and like introduce herself to the world here? Well, they're they're both doing it. I mean, there's two of them. They both have to make their moment. That's true too. 
how many times are you going to get to sing the national anthem for the Super Bowl in your life? One time. Yeah. And All right, so we're smashing the over. Two of you are splitting this role. We're smashing the over. I'm ex- one, oh, one more thing. I'm expecting right. a one of those long ones. Yes. On That's right. a long Except like five of them. Yeah, at least five fluctuations. Um, all right, my prop is if you are in New Hampshire and you are on DraftKings, uh, you'll see this one. It's been up all week. I love it. Um, I, know, I don't love it necessarily because I'm convinced it's going to hit. I love it because these odds are way too low. Um, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans all to record over 55 receiving yards is plus 400. If you see Tyreek I mean, Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey – put up a million and a half yards combined last week. Guarantee. Those two might hit on the, in the first quarter. The only There's one that I'm concerned about is Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Mike Evans will fuck you and he'll fuck you over again. Too. Mike Evans is entirely possible that you come out of this game and he has four catches for 30 yards and two touchdowns. I have a feeling that Bob has been um, done wrong by Mike Evans in the past. Mike Evans has once fucked me. I got a, I got a problem with Mike Evans. This is the thing. Mike Evans is a really good receiver. Re- top whatever. But just the output isn't always there. See, I almost think it's because of Brady this year, though. Because James no, was putting up numbers last year. But not eat like Mike, fantasy-wise. We, we can talk about this on a different pod. I got some fantasy football words I have to use, and people will put with me. No. There are like four or five guys every year I will never draft. Number one on that list, Mike Evans. That dude, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, one-on-one outside, like six, what is he, six, five, 220. Good luck. But then, like, there will be the balls where you're like, dude, you're 220 and, like, you're a top 10 receiver. Catch the freaking football. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not certain that it's going to hit. Uh, but for those odds, plus 400, and it seems like half of that's a lock already, I'm, I'm going to be throwing a little bit of coin towards that way. Um, parlay of the week. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Bob. Looking up Mike Evans, these two playoff games. Game one, he had one catch. Or, sorry, they've been in three games. My bad. Game one against the Skins, he had six for 119. Game two against the Saints, who he notoriously gets eaten alive by the Saints. Who is it? Is it Marshawn Lattimore, right? Yeah. Guy. Notoriously eats Mike Evans alive. He had one catch for three yards and a touch. And against the Packers, he had three for 51. So, I mean, one that he wasn't close, one that he was flirting with, one that he killed. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like I said, plus yeah. 400 for those guys, oh. I'm going to take it. But just if you lose it on Mike Evans. Yeah. Mike Evans. I, I, I'll come back here and I'll say that you're right. And I'm say that I was wrong, or not that I was wrong, but that you were right. Watch Mike Evans have 180 and yeah. Yeah, and then Tyreek goes for 2 and 20. All right. Parlay of the week. Bob, you want to start? Uh, yeah. So, I'll be honest, I, I really – the lines for this weekend's game, for tomorrow's games, haven't really came out. So, I kind of just looked to Sunday, um, and I went NBA. I went three money lines. They're not out yet, but I think two of them will be a favorite and one will probably be an underdog. I'm taking the C's against Phoenix. Um, Jalen Brown is out tonight against the Clippers, so I got the Celtics losing, but then I got him coming back Sunday, us getting on a groove again and beating the Suns. Um, I then have the Clippers. I forget exactly who they're playing, um, but I have the Clippers. Let me just figure that out. Oh, the Kings. Uh, I'll take the Clippers against the Kings. I, 
I think the Kings suck. We saw it flew about with them the other night. And then I got the Pacers at home beating the Jazz and ending the winning streak. Um, so Celtics, Clippers, Pacers, all straight up. Sunday before the Super Bowl. So if you're trying to make a little coin so you have some money to bet Sunday night, that's the, uh, the parlay of the weekend. All right, Dave, what do you got? Um, I think, honestly, I want to go with what I said before. With <laughs> I know I'll, I'll bring another one to the table, but Fournette, Kelsey, and Gronk, I think you should lock it in. Um, but the other two picks I had, um, you could parlay them together, I guess. Uh, UMass, uh, I believe it's tomorrow, to cover at URI, men's basketball. Um, I don't know. It seems a little biased of a pick. James Carroll thinks URI is way too good, and they're not, and UMass is better, and UMass is going to cover, end of story. Fulham against West Ham. I know I talked a big game again uh, about West Ham earlier, but Fulham, like, somehow loves to draw, like, good teams. So I just have a feeling. I have no, like, I have no – reason to believe this but what Fulham's going to tie West Ham um it's probably gonna be like 1-1 um and then like a crazy one for you which is totally not going to happen but it's fun just to say um Butker Super Bowl MVP plus 20,000 so put five bucks hey if if it's a if it's a 12 to 9 game yeah I mean it's not unthinkable all right, um, I'm going to go into my parlay of the week. Um, first leg of it is going to be Real Madrid. Um, they're minus 200 against Huesca, who's in last place. Kind of seems like generous numbers. Um, second leg is going to be Borussia Dortmund. They're playing Freiburg. Freiburg is a team that will always give uh, the top clubs in the Bundesliga a game. Uh, but um, Dortmund's been a li- in a little bit of a slump lately. Uh, I'm looking for them to kind of break out of that slump. Um, and then my uh, last leg of that is going to be Pitt to cover against uh, Virginia. I think Pitt matches Virginia's pace of play pretty well. Um, Virginia plays at like the slowest pace in um, the NCAA a history. A history. Yeah. And and um, Champagny, I think his name is uh, Justin Champagny for Pitt is an absolute bucket. Um, mm. It might just be champagne. I don't know. Yeah, some, something like that. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was Champag and then N-E-Y at the end. So I don't know. If it's an N-E-Y it or N-I-E, it could be Pagney. Um, He's been – I've seen him, like his stats and stuff, and like NBA projections have him getting picked here. I have never watched him play a game. But I know he does put He's up – He's a good bucket, game. dude. Uh, yeah, it's it's champ, A G N I E. Uh, I knew it. Um, and then my favorite pick of the week is another soccer pick. Um, if you wa- if you follow the prem this year, uh, this if you followed the prem last week, you'll see that um, the worst loss in uh, Premier League history. Uh, you have. Um, Manchester United beat Southampton nine nothing. Um, okay. Welcome to college. Um, Man Man United beat Southampton nine nothing. Um, Southampton was down a man for the entire game. Uh, there was two own goals in the game. I like Southampton's getting plus one fifty five against Newcastle. 
Uh, Newcastle's been really, really hard-pressed to score goals. I like Southampton to bounce back there, uh, especially with the plus 150 numbers, uh, and that is my favorite pick of the week. Bob, you got one left, or you got all yours out? Uh, yeah, I got one pick left. Uh, actually, I got two picks left if you want. I kind of just yeah, do it. bullshit. I'm a Boston College fan. Um, the basketball season has been terrible. They just had a COVID outbreak. Give me NC State, minus three and a half at BC on Saturday. Um, again, I love BC. I never want to go against them, but they're past the point of no return with me. And then my upset pick of the week, Oklahoma State at home against Texas. Texas has COVID problems. Oklahoma State has Cade Cunningham. Oklahoma State is coming off a loss. Uh, Texas also is, but I just give me the Cowboys at home. All right. Well, I mean, Texas has got Shaka back. They got most of their guys back. They, they, they're missing um, one or two guys, but they got most of the main pieces left. But I, I, don't, I just have a tough time. I think this is the best Texas team that we've seen since Kevin Durant. Um, but, you know, Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham, when you have him, anything is possible. Uh, I'll be interested to see what that line opens up at. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up here. Dave, give us a uh, thing to ponder, and we'll close things out. Okay, so what I like to do is think about things, and hopefully any of these things that I ponder um, will not make you question my intelligence. Anyways, here you go. This is your thing to ponder for the week. How come a microphone makes your voice louder, a megaphone makes your voice louder, but a phone does not? Ponder that. Things to think about. All right, first podcast in the books. Boys, we'll talk next week. Let's get after it this weekend. Cheers. Peace.